Well, here we are. <laughs> this last week, I will be completely honest, uh, has been a little less, a little less productive than I had initially hoped. I think I had my sights set on taking advantage of some, you know, extra space in my schedule to get some really big things done. And I have been in something of a fog. And if you're like me, or if you are like most of the people who I am, you know, chatting with as my friends and in my social media and all that sort of thing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We are being inundated with a lot of big, scary news with a capital N, and um, and it's been really hard to concentrate. And many of us have kids at home from school who should not be home from school normally. Um, you know, I, it's been a very disrupted time. And we all need to give ourselves all the grace for that. Um, absolutely. But I, I wanted to record today's podcast in response to some of the, um, more problematic things that I'm seeing going on in certain circles of our industry and just among entrepreneurs in general, because, um, because I think that even in this small space um, of time and in this sort of unusual time, some of those actions are going to potentially have lasting damaging effects. So what I've been seeing, and again, this is not everywhere, but in certain places, and honestly, even among some of the people that I would consider to be um some of our other industry leaders, I am seeing people who are having these like fire sales on their sessions and prints and all kinds of things like going way off brand and off uh, message and not doing that in a way that is true to themselves or their brands. Um, I am watching conversations happen on various groups online that I'm part of where people are talking about canceling their gallery software or their like client management subscriptions. And then obviously enough people were canceling their Lightroom and Photoshop subscriptions that Adobe, you know, went so far as to make it so that, you know, if you call to cancel, they will extend you, I don't know if it's two or three free months. Um, and they're a big company, so they can do that. But you know, this is this is not the behavior of people who are planning on being in business when all of this is over. Uh, in fact, I would go so far as to say that those are specifically the actions of people who assume they won't be in business. And so I want to talk today about the difference between that kind of behavior, which is reactive and the kind of behavior that I want you to take, which is proactive and which I believe can not only get you through this hard time, um, but can potentially make it so that you stand to come out on the other end even stronger. 
Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. One of the businesses that we have been hearing a lot about in the news right now are um, bars and restaurants. So obviously the service sector is being hit so hard right now. And the fact that, um, you know, most bars and restaurants have been, have chosen to close or been forced to close um, temporarily, the news stories are out there that something like 60 to 75% of independently owned bars and restaurants won't survive for essentially any period of time, which makes my business, well, it makes my I like to go out to eat and I like to go to bars. <laughs> so it makes me personally sad, but it also, um, it makes my heart hurt from a business perspective that, um, these businesses are running on such tight margins. And I know that to be true. I worked in service for a long time and I, um, I know that that's how a lot of those operations run. So. I think that's going to be something of a national tragedy. I am not a big um, chain restaurant eater, and I am afraid that those choices are going to be limited, but I I digress. So we've been hearing a lot about restaurants and their situation, Um, and so I was in the midst of, you know, hearing about all these photographers kind of flipping out. I was thinking about, like, what if if you went by your favorite restaurant um, right now and they, okay, so some restaurants are doing like takeout stuff, right? Okay, great. So they're making a good faith effort to keep their employees busy and paid. They are trying to serve their customers. They are trying to um, do their best right now, which is what we're all doing. And then there are some restaurants that are just closed and that's understandable as well. You know, obviously to try and do a takeout service, you're still ordering food, you're still bringing people into work, which might be, uh, you know, questionable in terms of um, your policy for exposure, that sort of thing. Um, so having your restaurant just be closed and, you know, with a little sign on the door. Uh, as a patron, I would also just sort of be like, okay, well, hopefully they're going to make it. But if I went by my favorite restaurant and they had all of their ovens and refrigerators out on the sidewalk with, you know, for sale signs on them because they were so cash strapped that they were like, we're just going to sell everything off. It's a fire sale. Um, you know, what, <laughs> what does that tell me about their long-term plans, right? Does that tell me that I should go online and buy a gift certificate from that restaurant to hopefully help their cash flow situation for a little while? Or maybe I should make reservations for my anniversary dinner in six months? No, <laughs> no, that tells me that they are not going to survive. They're, they have no intention of surviving. They don't even they they see no possible way forward other than to like do a little bit of a cash grab right now and look 
I am not trying to be insensitive. I know that many of us have very legitimate fears about our finances right now. And so I am not trying to say that I want you to um, hide your head in the sand and pretend like everything is fine if it's not. Um, You know, you guys know my story to some degree. You know that I have some personal experience with this. Uh, A year and a half ago, December of 2018, when I had what was supposed to be pretty minor ankle surgery that was going to take a couple of weeks to recover. So I was planning that by New Year's Day, I'd be like up and walking around. I had sessions scheduled for January. And I wake up from surgery on December 7th, and the surgeon comes in and tells me that they got in and my ankle was a total mess and they had to do full reconstruction surgery on my ankle. And not only um, was the road to recovery going to be longer, it was going to be eight solid weeks of non-weight bearing. So I couldn't even like wear a boot and touch down until eight weeks. And then it was another four or five weeks before I was doing anything that you could really call walking. So I all of a sudden was thrown into this reality where I had three months as a single mother um, with no income because I couldn't work. So, um, so I, I get, (laughs) I get that fear reaction and that, um, like what in the world am I going to do now? And I empathize 100%. And I'm not saying that I'm above that in this situation right now, because whereas with an ankle, I did at least have some sort of like, okay, here's what the timeline is. You know, this is what I'm dealing with. Part of the big issue right now is that we're all dealing with something that we don't know what the timeline is going to look like. We don't know how the ripple effect of these various changes is going to affect, you know, all kinds of different things. So again, I get it. I am not trying to be insensitive. But when we make decisions for our businesses in good times and in bad, we need to make sure that we are not doing so from a position of fear. Um, I mean, that's true for just about any decision, right? If you're caught in a fear and a panic mindset, you aren't going to be able to think clearly and you aren't going to be making good decisions. In fact, I would strongly urge you not to make any decisions, any changes about your business at all from that reactive headspace. You want to give yourself enough time And it doesn't need to take a ton of time, but you need to give yourself some time to. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, Or you can take it one step further and join the Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to the Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. step, you know, to move through the fear, 
and get to a place of clarity. Um, instead of thinking like a, a, a person or <laughs> I want you to think like a person instead of thinking like a fearful worker, um, you know, someone who works in your business, I want you to think like a CEO because that's what we are, right? We're the CEOs of our business and CEOs are paid for their clear thinking, their decisive action, and their strategic flexibility. So I want to break those down a little bit. Um, The first step, like I said, is clear thinking. And that is not to be confused. Once again, I want to be clear. That's not to be confused with overly optimistic thinking. I want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to be Uh, diligent and comprehensive in looking at the situation and your specific situation. I want you to be objective. Um, But I also don't want you to chop the whole tree down if what the tree really needs is a little bit of pruning, right? I mean, people make that mistake like, oh, there's a bunch of leaf. In fact, there is a tree, (laughs) there's a a literal tree in my front yard that actually, because of the way that the property line is drawn, it belongs to my neighbor. And it's a really pretty um, apricot tree and it blooms every like January, February with these big pink blossoms. And a couple of years ago, it got sick. And I I mean, it looked pretty dead. And so um, the tree guy came one day and I was just sort of watching him from my window and I thought that they were going to cut the tree down. And I was, I mean, I was a little sad about it because again, it's kind of like it's in my front yard. It's a super pretty tree. Um... And they whacked that thing back <laughs> to a point where I was like, well, this is ridiculous. You can't, you can't expect this tree to recover. Um, it was a, a massive pruning job. But that tree has made an amazing recovery. I mean, obviously, this arborist or whatever knew what he was doing. Um, and hopefully, your your pruning doesn't need to be quite that dramatic. But... Um, But this is really a situation where you need to get really, really clear on where you are. This is like a just the facts, ma'am, situation. Um, So, you know, if you haven't done it super recently, I want you to take a deep dive on your numbers, all of your expenses, all of your fixed expenses, all of your um, income where it's coming from, what kinds of business, lines of business that it's coming from, what your margins are, what your, um, you know, what your cost of goods sold is on various products, all of that stuff. This is a really good time to just take inventory and kind of get a clear sense of all of that. I want you to assess what's going well in your business, what isn't going well in your business. You can assess what you're enjoying and what you're not. Again, My whole thing here is I want to help you run a profitable, sustainable business that you love. This is that that you love part. We all end up doing things in our businesses and like taking things on because we think it's a good idea. And then like we find ourselves somewhere down the road where we do that thing and we don't love it. We don't. In fact, we might hate it, but we still do it because we're like, oh, people expect it. That's what my clients, you know, I've been doing it for so long. This is a great opportunity to trim that kind of thing. Just get rid of it altogether. And then um, 
And then the less fun (laughs) kinds of things that we need to do, we need to become auditors in our business. We need to truthfully calculate how long we can go without income or with significantly reduced income from our photography businesses. We need to ask ourselves what our vulnerabilities are. What are the weak spots in our businesses? Is I mean, do we need to address pricing? Um, what about marketing? Is our workflow too clunky and bad? And then we need to think through um, a lot, you know, really do a deep dive on what our resources are. And once you've got all those things in front of you, that is the time to do a bit of of uh, of pruning. Absolutely. And the truth, and this is a little tough love for most of us, um, the truth is that if you are a really good CEO, if you're a really good business owner, you're actually regularly doing these kinds of assessments and you are regularly pruning. So if you run these numbers and you look at all these things and you say, nope, I I don't really see anything that I can prune, um, good for you. (laughs) Or if you can only prune a little bit, good for you. Because what that means is that you're running a relatively lean uh, business, which is great. And we have the ability to run relatively lean businesses. And doing a huge prune like my neighbors did on the tree in my front yard, that does involve a fair amount of risk because it shocks the system, right? It shocks the tree. It shocks your business. Um, So it's better to do regular minor pruning rather than these giant prunes that can sort of um, knock your system for a loop. But if you're not in that place, if you don't regularly look at your numbers, this is not, I'm not criticizing you. We'll just put that on the list for like aspirational goals down down the road. So for now, this is what I would recommend uh, is involved in a prune. Number one, I only want you to consider selling, you know, if you're if you're thinking about selling stuff, maybe you have some equipment lying around that you don't want or need anymore. Great. I don't know that right this minute it's going to be the easiest time to sell equipment, um, but there are always out, people out there in situations like this looking for a bargain. So maybe it is, you know, be be judicious. Don't go undervaluing your stuff. And if you can't sell it right away, put it on a shelf if you can and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, save this for a few months and sell it then. But, you know, you can sort of anticipate that income um, at some point in the future. And then, um, and then as far as subscriptions and costs that your business uh, has, only... I would I would recommend that you only get rid of subscri- subscriptions and costs that aren't getting used at all or that aren't um, sparking real joy in your business. And that again, those are things that you should be doing on the regular, maybe monthly or quarterly, just looking at your credit card statement and saying, you know, do I still need this thing? Great, get rid of it. But before you start hacking off the big limbs <laughs> and getting rid of things like uh, you know, the things that are foundational to your business, the tools and the resources and the people that make you a better, more efficient business person. Ask yourself where your business would be if all of a sudden things got back to normal and you didn't have Lightroom or you didn't have your client management software or your gallery software or your 
photo editor. The restaurant can't reopen without its oven, (laughs) and you can't run your business without your tools. So maybe after that good long look, you're able to trim, let's say, 25 to 30% of your expenses. Fantastic. Now it is time to do what we creatives do best and get creative. So if you're in a place where you don't have any work in the next couple of months, you are in a perfect position to reassess everything about your business. You have the time right now and the um, and the, the space, and it really does take space, right, to lay the foundation of a business that you love and have that ready to go as soon as the opportunity arises. So maybe you have been, you know, sort of a hybrid wedding and uh, family photographer for a while and you're ready to get out of weddings. Great. Get all of your family or, you know, school photo materials or whatever it is that um, you want to start really focusing on. Get that all ready to go. Now, that's not to say that you don't have weddings booked for the rest of the year, but maybe now it's time to take them off of your website. This is not, not something that you're actively marketing anymore. From now until, you know, going forward, you're not putting that in your Instagram feed. You're not doing, you're not feeding that side of your business. That's not to say that if somebody calls you up and says, hey, I want to give you $4,000 to shoot my wedding, you're going to, you know, turn your nose up at it. Probably not, especially right now, but you can start steering the ship in that direction. Let's say that you realize that you're not making enough on the products that you currently sell on your online store. Maybe you put all those, you know, products in your store and you don't, they're not really resonating with your clients or you priced them wrong. Great. Now is a good time to either research new products and send out an offer to your past clients about those new products to sort of let them know that, um, you're still here, you're still working, they like that, Uh, and maybe you'll stir up a little income, or, you know, maybe you decide that you're going to bump all your prices, and you send out an email to that effect with your clients, like, hey, prices are going up on albums um, at the end of April, you know, if you want to order one before then, here, I've reopened your gallery, whatever, whatever the case may be. It starts a conversation, and um, keeping in touch with your clients right now is really a good idea. Emails, handwritten notes, gosh, if you've got the time and the, you know, drop people a line, let them know you're thinking about them and like, oh man, this quarantine thing and the kids out of school and all that stuff. It is um, keeping, this is not about selling anything right now. It's about maintaining a relationship and reminding them that you are there and that you are uh, happy to serve them as soon as you can again. Um, and then uh, maybe you realize that you're spending, you know, 14 hours on your workflow for a one hour session. If you can learn how to trim your 14 hours down to four hours, which I promise you is 1000% possible, my one hour sessions are more like two hours and 15 minutes total for, um, for shooting the session and doing all the stuff around it. Um, So if you can trim that down just to four hours, you've tripled your income potential, you know, because you can do three sessions in 12 hours instead of one session with 14 hours. Um, 
And again, <laughs> if you need help in the workflow department, you know that you need to learn about my simple sales system, right? So this can't be that hard.com slash simple. <laughs> but, um, but that is the other thing that you need to assess here. If you have weak spots, how can you fix them? Do you outsource them? Do you take a class? Do you join a group of some kind? Do your research. Um, you don't necessarily need to run out and buy the first thing that you come across. Get recommendations from people. Um, you know, this is not necessarily a time to spend frivolously, but um, but you know, when you when you prune a tree, you also need to fertilize it and nurture it through that transitional phase. There are going to be expenses that come up and you um, need to budget for them because you're if you're looking at having a business that survives and thrives, uh, it's that's not going to happen if you just sort of ignore your business and let it lay there. So that creative phase is super important and I want you to give it its due time, but I also don't want you to get stuck there. Um, analysis paralysis <laughs> is more than just a tongue twister. It is a real thing. Uh, and one of the most universal personality traits among the CEOs of successful companies is decisiveness, right? There is rarely in life or business a totally right or a totally wrong solution to a problem. The only absolutely wrong action um, 95% of the time, I mean, obviously, I guess there are a few times when no action is <laughs> is maybe the right thing, but most of the time, especially when it comes to business, the wrong action, the only wrong action is no action. If you stand still, if you stop moving forward, um, that is a recipe for disaster. And again, I totally understand that the last week or two have been paralyzing for most of us. Me too, as we have been glued to the news and watching this whole mess unfold. But I am here to tell you that the very best thing that you can do for your business and probably for your mental health is to start to take action. And this is where the third part comes in. This is where the strategic flexibility part happens. As the CEO of your business, you need a clearly defined goal, right? So you're, you have gotten really clear, you have a goal in mind, and then you have to take action to reach that goal, step two. But after a while, if that action isn't taking you in the right direction, or if it's getting off course, you also have to be observant and flexible enough to iterate. So um, <laughs> in the uh, U.S. presidential election cycle um, that is happening right now, I've seen a lot of memes floating around uh, talking about how voting is not like getting married. It's like taking a bus where... It's not a lifelong commitment. You're not saying this is the perfect candidate. This is not whatever. You want to vote for the candidate who is going in the general direction that you're going in. And even if you don't, um, even if you, it, they don't take you perfectly to the destination, at least you're closer if you, if you go with that candidate. And making decisions for your business is the same. You do not need to sit around and wait for the perfect opportunity or the perfect idea or the perfect um, implementation of that idea to happen. In fact, you know, this is where perfect is the enemy of good. 
if you wait for perfection, you are going to um, you're going to fail because you're going to you're going to wait too long. The opportunity is going to pass. You're going to be stuck in inaction. You know, you want to give it that like if you can get some sort of action that gets you sort of like 85 to 90 percent there or in the right direction, then great. Then you're that much closer to what your ultimate goal is, and then you can fine tune, you can iterate from there, and you can, you know, switch it up a little bit, make a slightly different direction or um, course correction kind of a change, realize what isn't exactly working with that, and change it just a little bit, but you're so much closer. And the beautiful thing is that most of us run single person companies, we are literally the most nimble kinds of businesses. Not only do we not have to convince our bosses about a change or, you know, try and get our team on board with something, uh, we don't have to go to a bunch of meetings, we just have to think through the change that needs to be made uh, to course correct, and then we can make that change. And, and again, I mean, even more so, our changes are typically much less expensive um, than any sort of you know, even slightly bigger business, um, we run sort of fast and nimble as photographers, which is amazing. I want to tell you a story about, um, (laughs) it's like one of my very favorite examples of this. If you have ever heard of Stuart Butterfield, then you probably know the story. So Stuart Butterfield started a gaming company. Actually, he, (laughs) He was he really wanted to have a successful gaming companies and he gaming company and he started two different gaming companies, both of which failed as gaming companies and both of which turned into incredible successes. But um, the one that I want to talk about is the second one. So he had uh, he started this gaming company and like had this big idea and had gotten a whole bunch of venture capital money. And, um, and you've probably never heard of that company because it ultimately was a complete and total failure. Well, (laughs) it was almost a total failure, except for the tool that his company had developed for their like inter-office communication stuff. So as this tiny little gaming company was getting to the point where They saw the writing on the wall and they knew that they were going to have to declare bankruptcy. Butterfield uh, had the clarity and the presence of mind to take a step back and assess the company's strengths and weaknesses. And when he started to think about that um, communication tool that his company had, had sort of developed, he saw an opportunity and that that would be failure that was a failure as a gaming company turned into what is now known as slack which is if you don't know it it is like the communication software used in businesses and organizations around the world which is now valued at over 20 billion with a b dollars so um wow right like that is that is the most incredible kind of uh, creative flexibility and um, and willingness to pivot. So what did that require? It required clarity of thought. It required a plan of action. And then it required the ability and the willingness 
to get clear again (laughs) and to pivot, uh, in this case, super massively. So many of you who listen to this podcast know a little bit about my backstory. And um, in 2017, after my divorce, I got, I was forced to get really clear about where I was uh, in my business, where I was financially, all that sort of stuff. Um, And then I had to get really clear on where I needed to be. And my situation was not what it needed to be. And I um, I identified the biggest point of weakness in my system and my situation as in-person sales, which was crippling my workflow. It was taking my um, sessions and turning them into these many, many, many hour long workflow affairs, even though I was making good money um, sort of on a per session basis, I just wasn't able to fit enough sessions in. So um, that ultimately led me to creating the simple sales system, which I immediately implemented. I wasted no time. I was just like, okay, we're going to take action because I have to start making money, more money right now. And it like instantly <laughs> took me 85% of the way there. And I have been tweaking it here and there for the past three years. And now it has my business on track um, and it immediately got my business on track, but it has continued to keep my business on track to make exactly what I need to make. Um, and and now even more. And what was amazing about that process was that unlike most situations, that cost me almost nothing. Um, but that, again, is certainly not always the case. Um, after my ankle surgery, I had three months to sit around and think about things. Um, And, you know, one of the things about photography is that we are reliant on our bodies and our bodies are are always subject to damage. And um, I started thinking a lot about the fact that even if I were to buy the world's best um, disability insurance, it still was not going to provide accurate or adequately for my family in the case of like needing to have ankle surgery again or something more major, certainly. So I started thinking about um, how I could start to um, broaden my, like, you know, add um, other kinds of revenue to my income. And I had been doing education through the family narrative for a while. And I knew that I really enjoyed it. And I knew that I had a lot to share, but I hadn't really taken the time to get clarity and to take action. Um, And it was also daunting because I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't, you know, it seemed like this kind of nebulous, like, oh yeah, education, Mm, I should do that sometime. Well, my ankle surgery was really like the, uh, the crisis that caused me to to, to get that clarity and to take that action. So that process took a lot longer. Um, unlike the simple sales system, it was not sort of like a couple of weeks of brainstorming and, and you know, planning it all out and then just instantly implementing. I had to take classes. I had to, um, I had to learn all different kinds of software. I had to do a whole bunch of new marketing. It was, you know, it's a new target market. It's not my local photography market. It's other photographers. And I started a podcast. I mean, there were there were lots of pieces to it. It costs me 
in the last year, it has cost me multiple five figures um, in online courses and software and all the things. But in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of like running a business and steering a business, even those numbers are still small and um, and the changes are are relatively you know manageable. I've been able to manage them, and I'm a one person operation. So I tell you those stories um, because I don't want you to think that I am coming at this from a position of um, judgment or a lack of empathy around. Uh, what it means to be in crisis and to be fearful for what the future is going to hold. I have been there. I've been there multiple times and it <laughs> has not been that long. Um, I am in no way minimizing the significance of the situation that we're all in right now. And I am certainly not one of those absurdly opt- optimistic people who believes that like everything's going to be just fine and everybody just needs to smile and pretend that we're on some kind of like snow day. Um, the fact is that you know, not every business is going to make it through this. Uh, And it's heartbreaking. Um, And I can't do anything about that in the grand scheme, like in the in the bigger sense. But you guys are here with me. And I believe that if you are, you are like me planning to be in business on the other side of this. Anything could happen. Maybe that won't happen. But in, you know, it's if you're <laughs> if you're not living, you're dying, is that the phrase? If you're not planning to be in business for the future, then you're then you're planning on, you know, closing up shop. And I am not I am headed in the I'm going to be I'm going to be right there waiting when my clients are ready to come out of their houses and have their photos made. I am is currently still serving all the education goodness that I can and working diligently with the people who are in the Simple Sales Blueprint who are laying that foundation for a better business when business picks back up. Um, You know, I don't doubt that this may be a long road to recovery, but I do believe that at some point, life and business and the economy will get back more or less to normal. People will get married, they will have babies, they will want to document those big events, and they're going to want to document the small events too. And those of us who have the clarity of vision and the willingness to act and to flex and to get creative and to do the work, for those of us who continue to fertilize our businesses with time and energy and even money, we will be the ones whose businesses are ready and waiting, and we will be stronger for it. That's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash podcast. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by telling a photographer friend or leaving me a review on iTunes. As always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.